Ladies and gentlemen, stand cheer for the Bulldog Fans Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt and Scott, on their way down the tunnel at ANZ Stadium, on their way to the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Go up as one for Matt and Scott, the NRL Bulldogs Podcast. Another week of COVID cases going up in Sydney and another week where the Bulldogs lose. Some things just don't change at the moment. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. How are you? Good, mate. Good. I don't know if those two are on the same level of importance, but um, yeah, there you I should, go. Probably should start off the Bulldogs losing first as <laughs> priority. Well, it's there forever now, isn't it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we'll jump straight into it. The uh, Warriors are 24th to feed the Bulldogs 10 uh, in what can be described as another probably poor performance of the Bulldogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely a poor performance. Um Tell you what, it's actually getting harder to do these episodes, Scott, because play on the Sunday, it's the same story pretty much every week, so I sort of forget the game by the time we yeah. sit down to have a chat, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, 24-10 loss to the Warriors. Look, probably a game we never look like going close to winning, which is disappointing because it was probably, you know, we've been saying it all year, it was probably one of the games it could have targeted for a win. Um but yeah, really disappointing performance. Um, I've got to say, I don't like Bailey Biondiodo at six, the way they're playing him. I think he needs to be hands on the ball. When he did get his hands on the ball early, he actually had a, a nice touch. So um, I'd throw him in seven. Um, the certain players in the team that are playing really poorly at the moment um, and making pretty bad errors, which don't help. Um, but yeah, like I said, we never really look like we're for a... Ch- a real chance to win it and our best player is not even a contracted player so pretty much sums it up yeah it's um to be honest with you i don't like i don't think i'd like any player the way we're playing six it's Mm. i don't know you watch uh teams like melbourne imagine telling cameron munster you cannot kick the ball or do much with it and you're like the second resort if the halfback's unavailable and last tackle or in the last play. It's like, it feels like the number six is just there just in case if the number seven can't put a kick in on five and last or run something for some reason because he's taken a taken a run on the fourth tackle or something, that it feels like it's just an afterthought position. Like It feels like you're, almost, you're the weak link in the halves at number six. And you look at all the good teams, the seven and six always combined. Yeah. Even, if, it's, even if, it's, if they play on an edge each and they control an edge, or if they play both sides of the field, or if the, even the halfback plays both sides and the six stays on one side, they always find a way to connect. And it's just, yeah, because I couldn't imagine the storm telling how Cameron Munster, you're wearing six this week and uh, Jerome Hughes will do everything. It'd be insane. You, look, you know, you're, yeah. it's just, I and just it, don't see why they're doing it. Because everyone who plays six, Flanagan, who's played six this year, did nothing with Avril. Um Avrilou, who's played six with Flanagan the second time around, did nothing. I feel like, only Avrilo first up was the only one doing stuff at six. Then you got Bailey yeah. beyond the Odo. Now I'm afraid we get Matt Burton and we're just telling him just to stand out on the one of the edges, pick an edge and just don't get involved too much. Well, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> interesting because we've got a change in the halves again this week. So yeah. Avrilo goes to six and Plague goes to seven. So, yeah, we'll be interested to watch that, I suppose. I mean, we've caught on to that straight away, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have much um, more to say. Actually, I I will blow up about something. Here we go. Wait, I like this. I really like this because it's funny. You went from nothing to everything at once. 
Um, we're very quick to back our own players, even if yes. they're lone players. Now, <laughs> I think that gives a little hint here what I'm going to go into. Yeah. The Ryan James penalty, and on report. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Bullshit, mate. <laughs> oh, he's dropped, he's dropped a, a swear bomb. Look, if you can't make a tackle on a player who's kicking because they're in the air, then kickers shouldn't be allowed to leave the air, leave the ground. Mm-hmm. Seriously. He comes flying out from an onside position. The halfback is, what, 10 metres behind the play of the ball? Let's yep. say he's five metres behind the play of the ball. So you're running 15 metres sprint right at him. He kicks the ball half a second before you make contact. You make contact in a rapid fashion with both arms, hold him, and put him down safely on the ground. I don't care what the rules are about being tackled on the ground. There's no way in rugby league that should be a penalty. That is complete bullshit, and there's no way he should have been put on report for it. Um, what else are you meant to do in that situation? If he, in that half a second when the ball left the foot, decided, oh, shit, he's the ball's left him, I need to pull out of this, and drop to the ground, he would have took his legs out midair. Mm. And then the player would have went head first into the ground. Much more dangerous. What was Ryan James supposed to do? Mm. He did the, like, all the safe, the safety way of placing him likely to the ground. And the penalty was actually brought up. I was, I've actually had a plan to actually have a slight, well, concern, uh, raise an eyebrow to Trent Barrett's press conference. But he actually makes a really good point in this part of the press conference when he said uh, Reese Walsh reacted to Ryan James. Yeah, and like flung him. Did he fling him to the ground or push him to the gr- something? Yeah, there yeah. just was a bit of a thing. If that never happens, Bulldogs get the ball and start a set. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. they just most, continue their play. Likely. Yeah, yeah. But and, it's, it's another. Oh, sorry. So you go ahead. I was just gonna say it's rewarding people who see like a technicality in the rule. Yeah, and then starting a fight, and knowing too that Reese Walsh as well being what. 85 kilos, 90 kilo, going up against a 100-something kilo prop. Yeah. You can't put one back on him because if he puts one on him, James is sitting down again. Like, you know, he's going to yeah. sit down and he's going to be told because of dangerous contact and a punch. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I was going to add the other thing is the Sene Katoa head high contact. Yeah. That yeah. led to... Oh, well, Looked like it was going to lead to Falakiku Manu running over and crossing for his first in our all try mm. was pulled back. Now I want your opinion on this because, yeah, it's a interesting one. <laughs> it is an interesting one. I think um, oh, I won't say it, but um, I actually think it was a penalty. <laughs> well, I know a lot of Bulldogs fans were blowing up saying uh, he made a tackle and he wrapped the arms and it wasn't late. I actually thought it was late. I actually thought he didn't wrap the arms. I thought it was mostly shoulder. Uh, and I thought it was unnecessarily stupid. I thought that was a lot later than the Ryan James tackle for comparison. But I felt like the player, the Warriors player, got the ball, dropped it, and then everyone had a second to realise he dropped the ball and to um, to contemplate what that is in the head. And then Katoa just goes bang. Mm. So oh, I was happy. I was... Not happy with the penalty as a Bulldogs fan, but I was happy with the with the ruling. I just thought it was stupid from Katoa, and I was actually hoping Barrett would pull him off the field after that. I was I was thinking the hook was coming. Can I disagree with you on a, a certain point? Yeah, I don't think it was late. 
and I don't think it's stupid. I think shoulder made contact to the head, yeah. though. Therefore, it justifies the penalty. I thought it was a penalty every day of the week, and it was a shoulder to the head. Yeah, it might have, maybe it was a tad late, but I was happy if he made contact with the player legally in the chest or yeah. down low that we get the try. So I'm happy. Well, not happy. It's just almost felt in your trap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed because that's a try. Um, mm. If he doesn't make contact, the reason the, the reason I say late is because, in my opinion, I think he could have not done. Yeah. It. Was, Where Ryan James couldn't have not done it. Yeah, oh, that's fair. that's how I that's how I rate late. If you could pull out and you don't, that's late. That's, that's my, yeah. I've looked at it. It was funny when I was watching it live. Yeah, and seeing it being scored, I knew I knew it was going to be pulled back up. I didn't celebrate their try. I just knew instantly hit that was hit yeah, the head. Yeah. And I was like, well, well, Katoa's got that one. And then he did a high tackle later in the game. I think only a couple of minutes later, I might be wrong, but it, he definitely did one because he got put on report twice in the same day for him to get off both charges. He hasn't been charged. They said there was no high contact yeah. in his shot. So, so you got to ref. But the thing what's that would be the most annoying thing because, in my opinion, I thought his shoulder made some sort of contact in his chin or the jawline. Therefore, I thought it was obvious no try. Just, mm. because, you, just because someone's dropped the ball and then. The first argument I seen was, why does it matter? The Warriors player dropped the ball anyway. But then if you have that argument, I could punch someone if yeah. I'm the right winger After because our off. left winger scored in the corner. Like, yeah. no, that can't happen, can it? Just... No, it's actually the only rule that you can actually go back to what happened um, yeah. afterwards, foul play. Yeah, so like just because I'm the right winger and I punched the opposition left winger because my left winger's crossed over the trial line doesn't mean I'm not going to be pulled up and stop a try. When we had no impact in the in that like play over there, right? Yeah. So I agreed. But the confusing thing is, so Trent Barrett came up and said, "Hey, that wasn't a high tackle. It wasn't late. It wasn't this. We lost the try. Massive turning point. I think if we score the try, the, the game turns 24-16. We lose by eight points. The people who are not watching the game or who just don't look at the scoreboard might go, "Oh, the Bulldogs gave it a real red hot crack today and just fell short." But no, we lose by eight points comfortably because I actually think um, the Warriors deep down would look back at this game and say, hey, how come that wasn't 36? Or how come that wasn't 40? Because the Warriors had plenty of chances to put over, but yeah, they just didn't do it. So I think the Warriors would look at the game being dis- as equally disappointed as us because you know they need uh, their four against. It, it all depends, doesn't it? Yeah, I get where you're coming from, but if the Warriors make the finals from here, they'll look at this game and go, well, we did win. We won ugly, but we had to win and we got the win. So yeah, that's true. I guess it does depend what happens down but, the track for the Warriors, uh, how they will refer back to this game. Yeah, but the confusing thing is though, we both agree it's a high tackle, right? Yeah. I thought Katoa would miss a week. I don't yeah. think it was shockingly high. I don't think it was terrible. Like, but it was still a high contact, which means penalty. The NRL and, said and with and I lied without the ball. Whether you yeah. say it's late or not, it was without the ball, which normally makes the penalties harsher. I know Sione Katoa's not named in the squad this week. And yeah. we'll go through the team list Tuesday a little bit later. But Sione Katoa escaped all suspension because there was no high contact. It was a rule. So now you've got a referee. Well, sorry, the actual bunker pulled it, right? Mm. I know you got your match review committee. Um, I don't know if they were saying, you know, it's more of a punish if the Bulldogs had Sione Katoa available or not. I don't know what the, the goal was with that. But mm. it was, I'm adamant there was shoulder to some point of the head. Mm. And if that's not at least a fine, 
like for him to not to be caught up with something. I'm not too sure. And then it just goes into the thing that Trent Barrett was saying earlier in the week was that, or in the press conference, was that it wasn't high, it wasn't late, should have been a mm. try. Because there, if you, the match review committee's pulled that up, Trent's got a fair argument to say. He's got to say the people who've yep. examined this 20 times have told me that he's did nothing wrong. But it doesn't change the result, I don't think. I mean, we, we scored a try off Aaron Schopp doing a well, great exception. I kind of, a uh, little prediction here, I think we'll have a new match review committee next year. Oh, you we hope talked so. a bit, We've talked about that a few times, um, oh, I so, so I won't go too far into it. I think we talked about it last week. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Um, unfortunately, yeah. What I will say, though, Scotty, is probably a huge, um, before we get into the players' performances that we liked, a huge thank you to, um, you mentioned it last week, to Ryan James and Corey Horsburgh. Uh, we don't necessarily agree with the whole loan system and how that's played out, but um, they both came into the team from the Raiders and played really well. Probably two of our better players. Um, mm. Probably, if you make it a top five, they're probably the top five. So thank you very much for not only coming and playing for us, but um, putting in that type of performance. Uh, well, both players should be proud of the way they held themselves. Uh, they gained a lot of respect, um, I think, from everybody, whether it's the Canberra Raiders fans, the Bulldogs fans, or just the wider community that watched the game. Well done to both players. Yeah, well done. Like, they answered both my questions. All of my questions last week. Will they put their body on the line? Yes, they did. And Yeah, exactly. You couldn't tell me they couldn't have done anything more in their power and their positions to get the Bulldogs a win. Yeah. They did everything, both of them, possible for them to win. So, well done. Um, And that was my concern, was when the push comes to shove, will they put a hundred percent performance on not questioning their integrity or anything, but you know, yeah. being a Raiders player, hopefully being available for September. Yeah. Just subconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Ryan James, so if, I don't, if we go back to the Sierra Gatoa incident, not knowing as a high tackle, Ryan James was celebrating in the background. Like yeah. he won the lotto. Like, this guy <laughs> is a bulldog for two weeks and he's, um, already <laughs> celebrating that well. So you can see he's kind of really, uh, you know, yeah. bought into this, but also what about Corey Horsburgh and his offload, eh? Yeah, offloading really brought something different. Uh, I will say, go, what you just said there about Ryan James goes back to the old saying, doesn't it? Once a bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, who knows? We might hold on to him the way we're recruiting players at the moment. Well, you know what? Would, it wouldn't be a bad one to keep. Like, you know, yeah. great, uh, great. You know, he was always at Origin a couple of years ago until some injuries. So you know at his best. And yeah. this is his first full year back. You. If you're going to ever have like a up and down season from two long term injuries, mm. your first year runs the thing. So it wouldn't be too bad. But like, I just wanted to add, like, with Corey Horsburgh, the creativity, like, he was almost our most creative player on the on the park, you know, throwing yeah. offloads. We were, there was one thing Steve Roach kind of said a couple of weeks ago, which is funny that I'm going to agree with that a lot of our Steve forwards, who? Steve Blocker Roach. Oh, I thought you said Steve Folks. No, Steve Roach. Roach. No, no, you're yeah. right. He said, and don't get me wrong. Hate it, hate it, hate it when he commentates a Bulldogs game or a Dragons game, by that matter. <laughs> uh, I thought you liked that one. Oh, the yeah. yeah. But he actually made a good point in one of the games was, I can't remember how long ago it was, but he said too many of the Bulldogs forwards are like the same. Mm. Without like Luke Thompson, you're a line speed person, but without Luke Thompson, there's a lot of, you yeah. know, doing the hard runs, but like there's no Every leg other... speed, yeah. no Every... offload, no sidestep mm. or no ball playing. Not one person has something of this, right? Luke Thompson's got the leg speed. Corey Horsbrough, I know he's not a Bulldogs player, but, you know, play. He has the offload. So there's, like, two different attributes in the middle. 
yeah. there. We have too much of the same, you know, workhorse. I'm willing to take a run and get like, you know, get tackled, quick play of the ball, but that's about it. No, we've got exciting this week. Luke Thompson's back with a bit of leg speed in the middle, and you've got Corey Horsburgh who just loves the offload. Which, which, and they've all they're all good offloads too. So he was like the most creative player, and that's the concerning bit when you interchange bench prop. He's from loan. He's been loaned out. He's got the um, you know, the ball skills. So that's um, a bit of concern because uh, we're not really creating too much in general. Uh, great if you're there. And sort of on that point, I want to give a quick shout out to Chris Patolo. Uh, only thirty minutes off the bench, but. Uh, it made uh, more of an impression on me in this game than any other game he's played so far. And I thought he started to look like an NRL player out there. Um, eight hit-ups for 80 runs, 39 post-contact metres, uh, and 19 tackles in 30 minutes. Pretty good uh, stats there to go along with um, what I thought initially watching it. It was the first time I really noticed him, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Obviously, I've seen him play before, but he really, I felt he really stood up a bit. How hard is that? Being a young forward... Yeah, a team that's coming dead smack last, you know, yep. like he's finally the show some, which is good. Now I thought he played uh, a solid game, which is which is what you ask for your bench player prop. He did what you've asked for someone coming on the on the field for thirty minutes to do, and he did that. Can I can I go to two more points before we go into our players? Yep. Are you happy for me to do that? Okay. So Trent Barrett's press conference, I've made a bit of a reference to it. Mm. I'm just getting excited to get. I don't know, sick and tired of uh, this penalty count stuff he keeps bringing up. Yeah. Um, I I get the argument that the teams are coming bottom of the table, you know, tend to give away more six malls or this, and that's easy for someone to say we're being picked on because we're last. Yeah. And teams like Roosters and Storm, and they've got this fascination, despite the Roosters actually getting more pen- conceding more penalties than everyone else, uh, get a fairer run with the referees. Yeah, but my goodness, like there's been times where I've been watching this year, and there's been six more, six mores against us, and I'm I'm calling the six mores before the referees are calling it, and I've got a blue and white eye on, and I'm calling six mores against us mm. before the referee even does it, and stuff like that. Like sometimes we're too slow in play the balls, and we generally are too slow. We're ill-disciplined. Mm. Uh, when we do have a good defensive set, it feels like every time we start having a good one and starting getting a little bit of uh, ground. Um, on the opposition and running in like an arm wrestle, we smack someone in the head. Just like a little, even if it's a cheap smack. And I know like you can have your argument, like there's no force, but you just don't hit someone in the head. Yeah. It's not that hard. Like, yeah. Okay. Someone slips and you hit him in the head. Like that just sucks, mm. but it goes both ways. It's not like we're not getting a, a penalty for that either. We are mm. getting penalties for that. Uh, we got to stop. I'm sick and tired of stop. He's very quick. Trent Barrett to say, Hey, this is the penalty council going our way. But that's all he basically says. The penalty counts are going away. Well, come on, like, tell me why. Tell me where other circumstances in the game, then why are we not getting penalties when we should be getting penalties? And also, I'm happy for you to start questioning referees when you start questioning yourself. And I'm, that we've just spoken about our 5'8 being pretty much just another person on the field, like Bailey Biondi Odo, for two weeks in a row, being a shining light, being a game changer at hooker on the interchange bench, to being a person the commentators... Uh, didn't have to say his name that much. Mm. Uh, then we've got Jack Avrilo, who's obviously struggling. He kicked the ball backwards 20 metres or 15 metres in the end of the uh, game. Yeah, he, well, he said he looks tired. Yeah, and that's fair. I 
would expect him to, you know, be struggling. Yeah. First proper season of top grade, playing halfback, like, you know, probably too much tucked on him. Mm. Um, by the way, he's meant to have a broken hand, but we'll speak about that mm. in the team list coming up. Um, we've, I'm just like, we've got this blame the referee when we're going down. I I've really hated that attitude. I've always had that attitude, especially when there's things that you can fix. Like if there's a blatant court at the end of the game and it's tied at the end, tied at the end, and then there's a blatant court and it was just like so damn close and that was the game decider, then yeah, go go means and say, hey, this is not the right call. I've never agreed with this being the right call. Mm. But when we're losing games comprehensively, like I didn't think the referee was the concern. I think the lack of creativity was a concern. The fact that we scored two tries and one of them was because of Aaron Shop intercepting a try. Like it was we, a good we, try, I like that. <laughs> oh, I mean it's good to watch. Like it's yeah, just, yeah. it was fantastic to watch to put us at six all. Yeah. When Aaron ran the thing, and it was good to see him like, you know, go with Reese Walsh, because you know, Reese uh, Reese Walsh's got this massive rap behind him because he's, you know, performing really well in a side that still got was gone okay. Aaron Shop's had a good, great year. In a team that's not going well, so he's not getting the rep that I think mm-hmm. you know he deserves. As, but like he scores the try, and that's fantastic. No one loves like everyone loves a good intercept try, especially if it's on your try line. Imagine intercepted running ninety meters down the field. That's fantastic feeling, but that's nothing you really plan for, unless if there's a player mm-hmm. who just hoops passes all the time. It was just Reese. Uh, sorry, Reese Walsh threw a pass that Aaron Shop just went bang. Yeah, I've gotcha. And that was just instinct taken over of Aaron Schott. That was him just his instinct, bang, I'm running the length, rest of the field. So take that away because we're not going to get those opportunities every game of for an intercept. We're not going to do that. So we only score six points. Mm. That's the concern. Like if Trent Barrett wants to start swinging at the referees, he might need to start swinging about his creativity or the lack of the players out there doing that type of stuff because without Aaron Schott's effort, we do not have... We only have six points on the board, and you know. And then if you do the, if you take away Aaron Shop's try, then we, you gave Phil Kikumano his try. We end up with the same score anyway, as it is. Mm. It's that's the concerning thing for me. We've gone. To, I don't want to get into a culture, and the the fans listen to the head coach quite well. We don't want to get into a culture where it's the refs' fault, mm. the refs' fault culture, because the casual fan who's listening to press conferences or who only watch the Bulldogs games or listens to the ball, like, you know what I mean? They're just going to pick up rest fault when they lose the game. Mm. We need to know that we're not good enough. And then, yeah, he did say we're not good enough and stuff, but he criticizes the refs more than he starts questioning himself. And I agree with Paul Ken, if anyone wants to know Everyone goes to the referees, mm. but nobody, nobody says as a head coach, yeah, do you know what? It wasn't yeah. the best coaching performance. Or, hey, I'm not going to name players, but some of my players didn't play up to their standard, what we're used to, and that's why we lost the game. No one says that. Yeah. I kind of feel for him, though, because, like, what do you say? Like, you're not going to come out and bag your own players uh, and say, oh, this person or that person. And you're not even going to come out and say what your last little point there, come out and say, I'm not going to name names, but we didn't play well enough in certain positions. Because as soon as you do that, what's the next question? Yeah, well, I get that. <laughs> Who, but... Which players? And then even if you get through the press conference, the um, next three days is all about... Um, journalists trying to work out which players are talking about. So yeah. I kind of feel for it because you've got to say something. Uh, but I, I agree with a lot what, with yeah, a lot I, with what you said there. So yeah, I get that. But if for him to say like, we're not using our five eight like most teams are as an extra attacking person, you'd think we'd use as much attacking people we can. 
on yeah. the field. And we're limiting ourselves. Like, if I had an opportunity to be in a press conference with Trent Barrett, my first question would be, why is the 5'8 not utilized properly? Mm. Like, what is your plan with that? Like, why is it always, no matter who wears number six, they play a very, very much backseat role in any attack? Yeah. And that, like, things like that, like, it's just not, it's just not working. Um, I know well, it's we, an interesting play because it goes to lazy journalism too, doesn't it? The journalists don't care about the Bulldogs at the moment because they're going to get the wooden spoon. Mm. They're not going to play any further part in the story of the rest of the season. So when he goes to the press conference, he gets the same questions, doesn't he? Yeah. Hey, Trent, what happened this week? What what went wrong? What needs to get better? There's no there's no real um, journalistic dissecting of what's going wrong with the Bulldogs. It's just those bland. What went wrong this week? What are you going to get better at? Type yeah. questions. Uh, we've, we've heard him like hundreds of times. Like sorry, yeah. it's a, like a Gladys press conference, where it's like <laughs> we've got things to work on. Yeah. Like because it's the same questions, which is a good point because the journalists aren't asking. Yeah. Questions. All right. What was your next bit? Corey Allen gone missing in this game. Oh, sorry, he was withdrew, so I should have. <laughs> I don't mean that this is the play, so I do apologise. Yeah. I didn't mean to say got missing. He withdrew from the game, so an hour before kickoff, Corey Allen was named on the wing, mm. and he had some sort of infection. Yeah. Um, to withdraw him from the game. First of all, why do we name him an hour before kickoff on the wing? You can't tell me we gave him an hour before kickoff and then realised fifty-eight minutes before. There's a tweet going around. Uh, the tweets going out that Corey Allen's gone. Mm. Like almost, you almost just as the NRL, like you almost go, you know what, Bulldogs, you're not having another player. Like you now run out with 16, mm. and the first person you put on the interchange, like off the interchange bench into Corey Allen's spot, should be an interchange. Like, how did an hour before the game, then 55 minutes before the game, change so dramatically? Yeah, because Corey Allen was listed on every single. NRL, Bulldogs, everything that he was going to play, take his spot in the wing. Mm. And the team doctor ruled him out, so that way we could have Ockenball move up and then Flanagan take the 18th men's spot. I just don't know how that happens. Like, surely we knew on the day of the game that he was going to play, if not earlier. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I just, just more of a talking point in rugby league in general. Like, it's not like because when I first saw Corey Allen was not playing this game, I was like, "Oh, he's does he done a calf muscle, yeah. pulled a hamstring, rolled an ankle while warming up?" But or... it is it is quite confusing, isn't it? Hopefully, something else hasn't happened in the background that they're trying to cover at the moment. Something more serious, probably not because he's been named this week. So yeah, uh, but but uh, I'll just say hopefully something didn't go really wrong. Mm. Out there. Um, I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm not basing that on anything apart from the fact that it was quite an odd situation. So I'm just saying hopefully he's all right. Whatever whatever did actually happen. Because you would have just assumed like yeah. that call would have been made at the latest the morning mm. of the actual game saying, Hey, the doctor would have said, Hey Trent, like he's no go, yeah, no chance of playing today. You need to put Ockenball and maybe ask the NRL if you could put someone else at nineteen. Because if you did that earlier, you probably could have got another person to reserve. Alrighty, let's do our players of the week, Scotty. Um, yep. Corey Allen got no points, unfortunately. Never <laughs> had a chance. But um, let's go from there. I actually gave two points to Ryan James. And rightfully so. Um, we already touched on him earlier. 
And um, I gave one point to Josh Jackson. It's just another Captain Jacko performance. Yeah, that's so much he did, Jacko, eh? Uh huh. 151 run meters. And that and. Yeah, it's the same thing every week, really. He yeah. just copy and paste his stats from the week previous. And uh, same effort. Uh, great leader. Uh, he deserves more for, um, than what he's getting at the moment. Mm, exactly. Uh, well, my points, I've given one point to Ryan James. So, so it's a burn, bonus point for James. Bonus, yep. bonus point for Ryan James. It was good that we both asked each other as we're recording, Do, can we give it to the Canberra Raider Jiren? Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, Corey Horsburgh was very close yeah. for getting the points. I don't know if I've given Aaron Shop two points. So I've given Aaron Shop two points, but I don't know if I've given him the two points because he's a bulldog bulldog. <laughs> um, and that's put him up there. But 252 run meters. Yes, I know he got the intercept off 19 runs. Uh, 73 post-contact meters, six tackle breaks, two offloads, eight tackles. He did have six missed tackles, which is a little bit concerning when you're making eight. Mm-hmm. But the meters and stuff, like this is... Uh, a young player playing last and a center running for 250 meters of 19 runs. Like if he did not have that line break, he would have still cracked 200 meters of 19 runs. Yeah. Um, like he's just got like the potential. And I, I mean, I don't like people comparing players. Well, like journalists putting pressure on him, but he's got the potential to be a Josh Morris at the Bulldogs started playing in a better attacking side and he'll start scoring like Josh Morris will be. Yeah, commentators were comparing him to Justin Olam, which was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. Okay, but... so the top five still stay the same. Then Luke Thompson still leads uh, with a large lead at the moment at first. Uh, Dallin and Nick Meany on 13 points. Jeremy Marshall King on 12 and Bailey Biondiodo on 11. The Bulldogs are taking on the night this weekend at Seabus Super Stadium at 5.30pm kickoff at Saturday night. Actually, one of my favourite time slots. Yeah. Did you do the uh, Did you do the the poll? The NRL poll last week came out, and that was one of the questions. What's your yeah. favourite time slot? Yeah, actually, did you do the NRL poll? I'm, I'm see, I'm tossed up. I don't like that one because I like the Sunday two pm, or which is yeah. now which is like the one fifty now, I guess, because of a lot of double headers on most Sundays now. Mm. I don't know. I love a good Sunday. You know, I hate when there's the uh, 4 p.m. and 6.30 games. I understand that they like savings time where it's a bit warmer. At I the like start a Sunday year. night. I do too. I don't know. But, you know, when you wait to 4, 4 feels so much later in the day. 2, just after lunch. You get the footy, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I actually found it a hard question to answer um, as we freestyle a bit here. <laughs> a hard question to answer because I actually watch a lot of my football these days on demand. Yeah. So... so you prefer the Wednesday it's, at 2 it's, o'clock or something? <laughs> it's actually quite... Um, try to watch them throughout the weekend, but um, if there's other things on or whatever, I actually don't mind watching the football on KO on demand whenever I get to it. So for me, it was a bit difficult. Um, that's just me, though. Let's get into this week. <laughs> okay, I was going to actually crack into the poll a little bit. I thought we could just... Oh, yeah? What, what, what did you want to talk about? about I don't know. Like, who did you pick down as your favourite... Uh, the best player of the year or something? Just... Uh, I don't know. I, I picked a few. I think I went Trevojevic or Cleary. Um, uh, the questions about the players, I sort of just answered real quick and moved on. Oh, uh, okay. I was more interested in the other questions about... Like the origin the, and stuff, like with, when it's or- played and... Time, time slots and... Uh, not time slots, sorry. Origin time slots. And then um, there was questions about six again and... 
how yeah, fast well, the game is and all that sort of stuff. So that's where my interest went. Yeah, that's true. I actually enjoyed the whole thing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed. The Maybe we the need players. a bonus podcast where it's just called Scott and Matt goes from the poll yeah, <laughs> to talk about that. the topic. But this Why weekend, it's good to nice... be... Yeah, it seemed yeah. super same. Sorry. Uh, yep, it's uh, good to be on a day that's not Sunday. feels like we've had a lot of Sundays uh, lately, which is odd because... I feel like we get too many Sundays normally. But um, this weekend, 5.30, at home on the Gold Coast, of course. At fullback, it's Nick Meany. Uh, the wiggers are Corey Allen and Jadon Ockenbach. In the centres, Will Hopwadi. Um, his farewell tour continues <laughs> from uh, Redcliffe to the Gold Coast and back again. <laughs> Aaron Shop is the other centre. Um, in the halves, as we said earlier, at 5.8 this week, Jake Avarillo, which is where I like him at the moment in particular. Uh, and halfback Kyle Flanagan. Hope Kyle actually gets more of a crack uh, than just one game. I'll put that out there now. Um, in the front, front row, a player that we're going to talk about shortly, Luke Thompson, and uh, camera alone player Ryan James at hooker Jackson Toppany. And in the second row, it's Adam Elliott, Corey Waddell with the lock, big Captain Jacko. On the bench, it's Bailey Biondiotto, Arvacita Matafungai, Raiders lone player Corey Horsbright and Joe Stimson. The reserves, Falakiko Manu, Chris Patolo, Lockwood Lewis, and Matt Dury. Yeah. I must say, I don't like how Okabor gets to keep his spot. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, I think, let's put it this way, I think Manu has been more impressive. Yeah. I, just, I feel safer with him as well. Yeah, defensively and with the ball, like just both sides of it. You know, like it's not like Okobor is this massive try scorer who leaks tries, yeah. and you put Manu in there as a defense, and that's just depending on preference. Do you prefer someone who's like more solid in their position, who might be no thrills in attack, or do you prefer a player who could score tries but leak some? You know, yeah, Manu has some issues in defense as well, but uh, I still feel he, he was improving. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, other talking points is probably the hooker. Jackson Toppany starting at hooker. Just leapfrogged um, his way into that position. Yeah, and Bailey on the bench. I actually like it. Um, I like it because he's a bigger body. Um, I know you don't really have that traditional feeling out period anymore, but I do still enjoy starting with bigger bodies and bringing on the smaller guys. Bringing yeah, on the smaller like... guys when everyone else is tired. And Bailey's done a good job in that role before, so I'm actually a fan of that. No, uh, I like that. I do like Bailey on the bench. Uh, Arba Sinamanafungai has gone to the bench to make way for Luke Thompson. Uh, Ryan James keeps his spot. I don't think you could really argue too much about that. The reserves confuse me a little bit. Um, Lachlan Lewis wasn't named a couple of weeks ago because he's not in the future players, so now he's on the reserve list. Uh, Is that just out of necessity? I'm not sure. The thing I want to actually argue the thing with Ryan James, right? I'm thinking of a Bulldogs point of view. That James and Corey Horsburgh are gone this week. Unless yeah. if the Raiders want to extend their stay, which I don't think they will, because I think, you know, obviously they want them back before mm. finals and back with their system, yeah, yeah. you know, weeks leading into finals if they make finals. But we should get Ogden back uh, next week, should. Yeah. So that helps the prop when, when we lose one. Nah, and Napa's the week. Nah, oh, Herrington's also back next week. Yeah. Napa's the week after. So we yeah. should get two props next week. So that covers. The yep. losses of Hallsborough and James. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I kind of see it as I would have started with uh, Cinnamon Fengai 
Mm. Or I'll be playing Sam Finga more, not on the basis like, yes, Ryan James played well, and it's hard when someone played so good, but yeah. more of being a selfish point of view in the sense of the Bulldogs. Like, I don't know. Like, I just feel like. I kind of get where you're coming from, but I also don't because, like, what is the end game anyway? Mm. Okay. <laughs> like, we got the wooden spoon this year. It's not like um, we can change that fact. We can't actually work towards anything. I gotta say, productive for a lack of a better word, this season doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I do get where you're coming from. But if we we're like 12th and we need to win every remaining game to make the finals, I sort of get where you're coming from. But in our predicament, predicament at the moment, nothing matters. Doesn't really matter too much. <laughs> yeah. Like with front rowers, I, I guess the the other the counter argument to what you're saying is, well, James is. We've got one lone player starting and one lone player on the bench. When um, Ogden and Heverington come back, Cinnamon Fungi's role doesn't change. Okay, yeah, so you got, you got so, Heverington taking James's spot. Yeah, and then Ogden taking all Horsburgh. Uh, any other talking points in the team? Well, first of all, we'll go with Jerry Marshall King. He's got He's actually left the bubble. Mm-hmm. So good chance that's probably the last time we've seen him because I'm trying to work out the three-week gap. This year. Uh, yeah, last time we said this year. Sorry, thank you for uh, this year because he's uh, expecting his second child. He's, yep. what, he's gone back to Sydney to be with his wife uh, for the second, very second child. So congratulations to the Marshall King family. Just wait uh, um, between sixteen and eighteen years from now, the Belgies kids coming through, Jeremy's kids coming through, <laughs> Marshall family, Marshall clan. <laughs> Belgie might be still playing. That's a good news. It's like a fine wine. If people keep signing him, he will. Anything. <laughs> um, so that's why if you're confused why um, Jerry Marshall King, he hasn't got given the axe or anything. He's gone back and can't blame him. You know, don't never want to miss a you know, birth of your child, especially the way the season's going as well. Like, it makes that decision a lot easier. Like, it's not like they're playing for a finals position or going, like, for do we all die for the rest of the, comp- like the, rest of the season? Uh, so with that and... You know, turn around and coming back up, he may be available for the last game, but it'll be more hassle than it's really worth, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. take yourself back into quarantine by yourself for two weeks. So, um, that's why he's out. So, the confusing thing is, Sergio has been just given the drop. We had this massive argument for why he shouldn't be charged for him to be missing, which, you know, it's not an oval shock. I just get confused. So it, makes you, it makes you wonder a little bit. Whether what Barrett said about the tackle is what he actually believes. I wonder yeah. if that played any part in him not being picked. Just spitball. There you go. But I just get so confused with the team selection some weeks that, mm. first of all, like, let's start with Jack Everett at 5'8. We were told after the game that he looks like he's broken his hand. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. I was more worried about his ankle after a certain tackle because he was hobbling around at one stage. Nick Meany would be in some doubt. Because he failed his HIA. Mm. So, we've, if Meany's not available, it looks like Corey Allen will shift to fullback and Manu would jump mm. to starting wing, would be what I'd imagine. So, because Meany's failed his HIA very late in the game mm. when he landed on his head trying to catch a ball. Um, so, he's in some doubt. But I just get so confused between. So, we've named Jack Everett at six. If he's got a broken hand, First of all, why risk him if he can still physically hold a ball? 
when we're mm. coming last. There's no point of, you know, get him to go into his rehab or have whatever it is he needs to do. Just get him gone and worry about next year. You know what I mean? We're not playing for anything, so it's not like we need to toughen up like Scott Prince played with a broken arm before coming back from injury early and strap the strap the arm up to hold him, you know, hold it to himself together, and because his team needed him, it was that real inspiration. We don't need that. We do not need that. Jake could actually, you know, use the time to actually rest himself up properly. Mm. So is that why Lachlan Lewis is in the side? Is Lachlan Lewis really named on the reserves? And if that's the case, then. Why are we still naming people who've got no chance of playing, if that's the case? Because I really don't like... You get 21 players, name 21 who's got a chance of being selected. Yeah, well, the only, the only other thing is that um, players would know, hey, who's the, who's the actual 17? Um, I, can but, imagine I can imagine him doing something silly or something that I think is silly and playing beyond the, beyond the Odo at 5'8 and putting Lewis on the bench. And then switching beyond the Yoda to Hooker when Lewis comes on for um, oh, Toppany. <laughs> I don't even think of that. I can see that coming. <laughs> but then I look at the, the things of Jackson, Jackson Toppany. He suddenly went from one week being very rarely making the reserve list. Um, not sure why, because for, for me, someone like Jackson Toppany will be someone who makes the reserve list every week if he's not in the 17, mm. just because of how uh, versatile he is. Good. Oh, he's good. No, but I, like I said, I, I would have had him in a seventeen a little while ago. Mm. Especially that he's meant to be our, he's meant to be our future. That we're, if we're looking yeah. towards our future. But if he's not in your seventeen, he'll be in my twenty-one because you have versatile. Is if a hooker goes down, ah, oh, there's Jackson. Second row goes down, there's Jackson. I'm sure he'd be, do well at five eight as well. I'm sure if you chuck six on his back, he'll do a decent job as well. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he's got that versatility and that genuine football player about him in in there. So he's gone from being Running the ball boy, not being named in the side, straight into hooker this week because one hooker is unavailable, like not taking a bench spot or anything. Um, so that confuses me. It confuses me that Kyle Flanagan's back again in the sense of like, will he be given these three games yeah. to do something? Because it's hard for him to control a side. Like he played the Titans. He made a couple of errors of decision-making. But I thought he put a beautiful kick in for Ockenball who dropped it at one stage mm-hmm. and then next week he's been dropped like it feels like we lose a game Kyle Flanagan just got to be dropped it's like the rule of the Bulldogs we lose <laughs> Flanagan's out if he's in and that confuses me like I'm not even sure Flanagan knows he's playing that's how in and out he is like you know what I mean like it's mm. confusing for me as a fan like I can't tell you like I just started looking at the team and I said I couldn't even tell you our best winger combinations back in look at the early 2000s if I said mm. who's the halfback you would just you would just say Brent Schoen Mm-hmm. If available, who's your fullback, Luke Patton? Yeah. Who's your hooker? Uh, you tell me, like, who's a hooker? Jeremy Marshall King, is it? Is it Jackson? I don't know. Like, it's just so much confusion around. If I'm getting confused, I wanted the players getting confused. Mm. We've got so many switching and swapping. We've got no thing. Like, we're not building with a core. We, we change our spine almost every week. And then when we complain, when a play goes wrong or Kyle Flanagan hits the wrong man. Can we blame him? He had seven days to work with this combination yeah. instead of six months. Yeah. Like it's, I've it just get so confused. I don't know what Trent Barrett's trying to do. I don't know if it's, it looks like the one day cricket team. The Australian <laughs> one day cricket team. Like you get a rest. You're back in. T- you're T20. Yeah. Yeah. Or T20. Just like you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in. 
because we're doing the rest of the rotation policy and it's just like mm. like I'm just not sure what's going on. I'm not too sure if they pull out uh, a thing like Flanagan pulls out of the box. I'm half back this week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know. Do you know what's happening? Just no. Okay, so you're as confused <laughs> as I am. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, we'll move on for that one then. Not much of uh, Bulldogs in the news this week, eh? No, not really. Uh, the room of John Asiata. Smiley signed with us. Uh, Did he really sign one deal one year with the Broncos? Yeah, I don't know what's gone wrong. Like for yes. him, like he hasn't played much top grade this year, as in. Probably, a, I'm wondering if it's a Seabold signing and Walters wants somebody different. That's a good point, actually. Very yeah, good point. Probably. But I don't know. I like him. He's a talented prop who doesn't mind a 5 8 spot. You know what I'm yeah. Saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Played a couple of memorable games in the halves for the Cowboys. Um, good, good player. Um, interesting to see if we get him. Um, probably a bench player going forward, given his size and skill level as well. Yeah, you know, you're five eights down. Asiata picks and, up the um, change bench card. Like if Bailey's on the bench next year, Asiata will be like, yeah. "Sit down, son." I'm, <laughs> Utility I'm, value. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm not really. I'm not. Um, not against it. I'm not a hundred percent say that we need it to happen. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Well, the interesting thing, well, I think, with like the likes of like probably Dan Britt looks like he's going. Just putting two and two together, yeah. that he's not in the Gold Coast. Uh, and then, you know, you've already locked the loss of Napa. It looks like it's going to actually happen. It's not official yet, but it looks like Napa's out. Yeah. You know, you've got to add something like that. That means John Asiata's got a position to push Cinnamon Fengai yeah. in the, on a bench spot. Like, there's looks like there'll be a bit of competition between two players who are quite mature. Like, Asiata's, what, 26? Cinnamon Fengai, like, they're both, like, you know, they're both experienced NRL Mm. players so like you're now telling them like there could be a competition and who knows like it might be something good for Jack Harrington as well mm. having some competition below him well that probably leads us to the next rumour is that um, Luke Thompson apparently being shopped around by the Bulldogs yeah. if, that, if that's uh, true that will I'll be quite upset about that he's been out clearly our best player <laughs> like not even close like can't even argue um, I think he's added a lot to our pack. Probably the only point of difference to our pack, as you stated previously. And um, yeah, I'd be really disappointed. The only way I can actually kind of understand where it's coming from is if it's a salary cap decision. If he's taken up too much on the salary cap to get the the proper balance going forward, but still, it would be a big loss. It'd be a huge loss because Thompson's in certain games has almost put us back in a game or well he's actually put us in back in games plenty of games sorry I should say like even against Melbourne this year look back in his first game like he got a standing ovation of a, the small crowd at Stadium Australia that night and we were losing like 52 what, what, I don't know what the end score was Melbourne got over 50 we got 14 points or something like that around that period Thompson goes off the field and he gets a standing ovation and yet everyone could say yeah Bulldogs weren't that good but somehow we could identify Thompson. Like, he didn't let anyone down. Like, he did his job to the best of his ability. He, like, look at the game against Cronulla. He just switches. He flicks a switch. 
he's a he's a match winner. Like he's got all the skills of being a, a premier prop. Good leg speed. He's aggressive. But you know, if we're looking to get rid of him, I I don't know. I think that's silly. Like I still think like I couldn't imagine he's on overly too much. And I think he's worth around that six seven hundred thousand a year. Yeah. Ben. Did you have one more? Uh, Josh Stuckley from Northern Pride, uh, the 108-kilo yes. back rower, so second rower, Northern Pride, uh, has apparently agreed to terms with the Bulldogs. Uh, he was able to apparently you know, get his video out there to a lot of NRL teams, and the Bulldogs liked what they saw. Uh, big, big second rower, like, yeah. especially this game, 108 kilos, but he's averaging very, very close. I don't have the official stats, but according to the mole, He's averaging about 200, almost 200 metres a game in the Queensland Cup this year. And 22-year-old, uh, so... Big future. Yeah. Very, still young. And, uh, yeah, so it's interesting, but another back rower, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen too much of him, so I have to jump on the YouTube machine after this. Yeah, same here. I've got to jump on. I just only saw there the article. All righty. Have you got an old dog for us this week? Yeah, we've got a short All right, Before we get to that, though, I'm going to have a quick... Um, Oh, what do you call it? Quick shot. <laughs> Something's um, annoyed me. Hope Again. it's not me. No, no, no. <laughs> We've actually talked about not ref bashing earlier, so it's going to be quite interesting that the two things that annoy me are to do with referees. We've already talked about Ryan James' tackle, which uh, should be fair ball. Um, was he even guilty at the judiciary? No, not, told about. nothing to worry about. Unbelievable. Anyway... My other thing, and I've noticed this a few times, and I hate the challenge, but thank goodness we've got it. Because referees in the play of the ball, whenever they see the ball not look right, they call knock on, regardless if it's knock on or not. They put the ball down, it, it rolls a little bit funny looking, but you still place the ball on the ground and play it back with your foot. And because it rolled... Um, end over end instead of on the belly or um, because it touched the foot of a defender beforehand, referees just blow the whistle, knock on. Mm -hmm. So that has been bugging me lately. Just because it doesn't look right doesn't mean it's wrong. That's Yeah, that's true. You don't have to roll it. It doesn't have to be like a 10 out of 10 roll. No, it doesn't have to look pretty. It just has to follow by the rules. I've seen it a few times. And I think it actually it popped up in our game a couple of weeks ago when we got called a knock-on in the play of the ball. And on the replay, we didn't challenge it. On the replay, it was a perfect – well, it wasn't perfect, but it was a legal play of the ball and it should have been allowed to play on. But just because it looked a bit funny, referee's initial reaction was knock-on. And then it happened again last week when um player put the ball on the foot of a marker and yep. rolled it back, didn't, didn't lose control at all. There wasn't even a point where it was touching the defender – and not touching the player in possession, and the referee straight away, quick, knock on, that didn't look right. So I reckon referees need to start, um, referees or touches or whoever's watching the play the ball these days need to be watching a bit tighter. Okay. Because yeah, that's if, if a team plays the ball legally and doesn't have any challenges left, but it doesn't look right, and they uh, blow a wrongful knock on, I'd hate to see a team lose because of that. Well, Jay Nockenball did one, where which we challenged, 
uh, a couple of weeks ago where he put a foot on the Titans player and rolled it. And they said because he didn't lose possession of the ball and he had the, he controlled it the whole way down the foot, mm. he was allowed to keep it just because it looked a bit it had that little wonk from the Titans player. Yeah, that foot. was last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Adam Elliott was the other one. Yeah. Who didn't drop the ball? And I think yeah. So there you have it. Yeah. Okay, that's a fair one. Yep. All right, old dog. Who's old dog this week? Well, I've gone with, uh, I think, a fan favourite. He should be a fan favourite. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't win a premiership with us, but he got one anyway. I've gone with Michael Ennis. And okay. for those who are, are aware, because Michael Ennis has always been at every club, like Brett Kamali, Uh No, he started his career at Newcastle uh, yep. before you know making his name for himself, really making his name for himself at Real Brisbane, but like via St. George Lawara. And Brisbane, and then coming to Canterbury, uh, legendary player, then winning a premiership for Cronulla Sharks, then coaching at the Raiders. So, well, some sort of coaching role at the Raiders. So there's just a few mm. teams that he's just ticked off um, along the way. But, yeah, I thought I'd pick Michael Lentz because, you know, you can watch actually some old games in the early 2000s and actually see a young Michael Lentz run around with the Newcastle Knights with the jerseys with the V, like the collar neck. Yeah. Uh, jerseys. Um, you see a young Michael running around the Dragons, but I feel like Knights, you get kind of forgotten that he actually played for Newcastle, especially when his success was Brisbane, Canterbury and Cronulla. Yeah, um, very versatile player. Uh, started games at 5'8", halfback, hooker, lock, and obviously the bench. Uh, and obviously the pest, the menace. Ennis the menace. Um, got under player skills for fun. Uh, still does it at the commentary level. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think because he played most of his career at the Bulldogs and then also won a premiership at Cronulla, he's naturally gravitated towards those two clubs in retirement. Yeah. Like, he can see how passionate he's about Canterbury at every level. Like, yep. he, every time they talk about Bulldogs, this, Bulldogs, that, what's the problem? Mark Lance is the first to put his hand up. And... He wanted to be part of the solution. One point, was it last year? Yeah, yeah, Wayne Barrett. Barrett. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's. Uh, he's doing some coaching uh, stuff with the Raiders. Yeah. Um, and you can just take a look at the last couple of years that he's been at the Raiders. You just ignore this year at the moment because we're they're, they're still on the way. They've been made finals football. Uh, be interesting. Uh, Michael has been an interesting one because you could almost tell like he's accused players of taking the piss in Fox League shows before. Yeah. Um, so you know he'd be a, he'd probably be a hard task for us. He'd probably be around like that. Michael McGuire, I could have pictured like a <laughs> style of coach with that, you know, quite aggressive, quite passionate. I could see a heart in his sleeve type of coach. Yeah. As someone, if you're a bit soft skin, you probably don't want to be coached, be under him as a coach and player. But you know, he, you can see with Fox League that every time the Bulldogs came up, like you know, he was big uh, thing against Des Hasler as well. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that he went stale, like. Bulldogs and they had to move different directions. You know, it was interesting, like, you know, about Dean Pay, like everything, what happens at the Bulldogs, he's, you know, always talking about it. It's a shame that, you know, he never got to finish his career. Bulldogs, I know, he just really felt like he just turned to a fan favorite. It didn't take him long. Mm. I actually still remember. I remember. Oh, no, sorry, you go. I was going to say, I remember the 2008 season when he signed with us for 2009. Is this where you're going? Is this? Yeah, I was going to go to the fight. Yes. Well, the last, the, first, the last game he played against us before signing with us, and he started a fight with, um, or was involved in a fight with his new teammates. Yeah, Tim Winatana he pushed at yeah. one stage. That's a, that's a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was a part of the signing 
so it's so funny though because I look at Michael Nelson. He played with us until twenty fourteen, um, and you think he was because of what Sunnyville did in two thousand eight. Yeah, were able to get the likes of Michael Ennis, Ben Hannett, David Stagg. Mm. Oh, we just raided the Broncos, didn't we that year? Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but like you know, we got the likes of these type of players to come across, and you look at the time, and you go, "Well, Sonny Bill did this to us," but then you waited only like another twelve months later. Yeah, I think it was we had two a years. very good side. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so it was uh, the biggest shame that he never won a premiership with us. But it made that uh, two thousand six. If you like the Sharks or not. You had to go for the Sharks because of Michael Ennis in 2016 when he got the the trophy in his final ever game. There you Walked go. off a winner, eh? It's probably a good way to leave it, eh? Yeah. Get the socials and... So you get us, us at Twitter at NRL Bulldogs Fans. Facebook is NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Our Instagram is NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. And to give, flick us an email at NRL Bulldogs dot fans at gmail.com.